Welcome back, everybody, to another unplugged episode of the Cage Bird Chronicles, where we chit chat about stuff that's not so serious, um, or you know, doesn't require such a what is it strict structure, hefty amount of research. I am so good at alliteration, y'all. I've always been good at it. It's like a natural talent. But Um, before we get started, we just want to let you guys know that we are still on the search for two permanent Cage Bird Chronicles cast members to join the squad. We will be conducting first round interviews on May 31st. So feel free to message one of us if you are interested. Don't be scared, y'all. We have fun here. We do. Yep. Um, okay, so today we are doing an unplugged, which is a, a semi a semi, Lord have mercy, a semi-serious. <laughs> uh, Shelby's on her second glass of wine. Wait, 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 wait. It wasn't that. Those that's a you say a semi-serious subject five times fast and then you get back at me it'll probably be easier before two glasses of wine i don't like whatever that is i just did it well sydney whatever dana put your camera on look me in the eye and say that shit okay you know what i probably should put my camera on anyway we are discussing i'm stretching and getting ready for this semi-serious subject which is body image um and this is just because I you know I'm a researcher and I know I feel like it's it's warm outside and I start looking stuff up like if any if I ever die and somebody has to go through my phone like don't worry about it my google search is gonna look how it look you don't gotta try to figure it out um and it came across something about like body image specifically for black women Mm. so just wanted to chat and talk about um what do y'all think about like the differences between like the body image expectations or the standards of beauty that we have like within our own community because I feel like it's different it's not the same as like the white standard of beauty which is the double double edged sword for us like we don't fit if you don't fit into one and you don't fit into the other you you pretty much screwed yeah i would agree um the body standards are different in a couple of ways on top of you know the actual standards for what attractive is to different cultures um which is most definitely different Mm -hmm. um there's also a different expectation on black bodies versus on bodies of less melanin Mm-hmm. or different colors it, and it particularly with with young black women it feels a lot like black women's bodies are considered are sexualized are considered sexual a lot earlier yeah than bodies of other cultures so mm-hmm. we we worry about things like body image a lot earlier than people of other cultures because they're pointed out to us by I mean not even people who are you know, trying to sexualize us by people who are, you know, family and friends that mm-hmm. somehow my body existing in the form that it is when I'm a child is sexual, overtly sexual. Yeah. Right? But mm-hmm. that's also reinforced. And I feel, I, I feel controversial saying this, but that's also reinforced in the household because I was watching a video the other day on TikTok and the woman made a point where she was essentially saying, you know, she was over her sister-in-law's house and her sister-in-law told her daughter, go, um, 
go get changed because your uncle's coming over. Your shorts are too short. Mm-hmm. Ew. And the woman was like, why does she have to get changed? Like, it was okay when she was wearing these shorts when I came over. Why does she have to get changed when her uncle is coming over? And mm-hmm. I feel like we have that issue a lot in Black households as well, where we are doing it in essence ourselves. Like, hey, go change because this is too much this is too provocative these shorts are a little too short we're in turn saying that that's a little too sexy for your childish ass but and and my initial reaction at the same time is then why buy it for him okay so my thing is why the fuck do you have an uncle in your house where you can't be comfortable in your own like you're not running around booty butt ball naked right like you can't wear comfortable clothes in your own house mm-hmm. like i've never had that like mm-hmm. be a thing because if my parents weren't inviting anybody into our house that was unsafe period they didn't know where we live mm-hmm. um, right because safety first especially when you got kids but um that kind of just makes me think about like even when you're grown and you're and you're of color specifically black um like regular ass shit we're not allowed to wear because like I don't seen some quite women and non-black women walking around in like booty ass shorts butt cheeks falling out the bottom of the shorts and nobody says anything but as soon as like a black person or somebody like that's either tall or curvy or whatever puts on something low cut or puts on like some short shorts all of a sudden it's you know are you sure you want to wear that is that appropriate why so it's not it's appropriate for like size four Becky with no booty and no thighs to wear shorts, mm-hmm. but because I got thighs, I can't be comfortable because y'all got eye problems. Yeah, no, honestly, it's it's that's it, it makes me crazy. You know, I know I was a I developed early as a child. So I had hips and I had curves by the time I was really like 13 or 14. Same. Um, yeah, I mean Sydney four sisters, that's right. My breasts started coming in by third grade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I don't remember when. I'm pretty sure it was like I was like 11, somewhere around 11. Um, but I feel like just since we're talking about body image here, like that kind of behavior um, and treatment makes people feel like they're doing something wrong when like all we try to yeah. do is literally just like exist in public yeah that starts the issues with body image because not only are you telling them that their you know their body is wrong you're t- also telling them that they're different because not everybody around you is getting this kind of treatment you know i was a young person getting catcalled by grown-ass men mm-hmm. when i was you know 11 12 13 years old my friends were not getting catcalled by these grown-ass men so why am i weird why am i being hit on by these creepy old people Mm-hmm. right what's wrong with me what's wrong with my body which is being reinforced by i can't wear what i want to wear i can't do what i want to do without being objectified right. not to and- mention it's also in our music like when we were growing up the big dirty south rap where every other word was disrespectful to women calling her a bitch saying that she had to have a big booty and booty, 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 everywhere right exactly like unrealistic beauty standards were in our everyday lives our music videos our movies every single thing that Mm -hmm. we would watch it had unrealistic beauty standards for us but at the same time it irritates the fuck out of me 
because I sit down and I watch black men will fucking down a black woman for being overweight or for being fat but then we'll go and get a white woman that's shaped like a busted can of biscuits damn that's like, a busted that's can of right biscuits there. I mean is she wrong though where's yeah. the lie though but just be too the way I've been waiting to use this be a two minute walk away from ugly <laughs> right. baby I'm far from ugly <laughs> I'm taking that shit that's mine now I hope Baby, you a two minute walk from ugly. I saw that on the internet. No, nah, it's like, true though, and that speaks to the, di- the to the difference in standards between the bodies of black women and white women. Like, in order for black women to be acceptably beautiful, we have to be, you know, tiny waist, big ass, big titties, perfect light skin, skin. teeth. Yeah, well, yeah, light skin, perfect light skin. Not uh, even super light skin, just light it in with whoever you're talking to, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. yeah no the difference in expectations is ridiculous like they're willing to to downgrade five levels and i'm not saying you know anybody's better than anybody else but as far as typical beauty standards are concerned they're willing to downgrade so much just to be with a white woman right but you know what that is i had this argument in high school um it plays into the whole white supremacy thing Mm -hmm. when it doesn't like you would have to be the prettiest black girl like at a certain point not so much now but like pre-2008 like you had to be the prettiest of the black girls to get attention from anybody period Mm -hmm. right otherwise you were just like you were either made fun of or you blended into the background but the fact that and lighter Mm -hmm. so the fact that um, black men are willing to date like bitches that if they were black they wouldn't date because of the way they look mm-hmm. that just proves and this is where it's going to come into the conversation I had in high school that white supremacy teaches people that lighter is better mm-hmm. even if it's ugly <laughs> like mm-hmm. if I make if we have kids or I get with you then just the fact that you're lighter skin is puts me at a higher status yeah but right I had this conversation in high school with somebody that was a little bit darker than me and some of our our, um, mixed race friends because the friend that was brown was like, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I don't know what we were talking about. She was just saying, it doesn't matter. Light-skinned girls are always pretty. Um, No matter what they look like, (laughs) like everybody's going to see them as pretty automatically. And I was like, I mean, I don't, um, because if you ugly, you ugly. Like you ugly, you ugly this. Um, and it don't matter what you are. And number one, I don't care, but you're also not going to tell me that like the fact that somebody's skin is lighter makes them automatically more pretty than me when sis looks like a bulldog in the face mm-hmm. and it's just super light. And this is not necessarily just a black thing. This is a, you know, any culture that has melanin, um, really it's kind of the thing. It ties into the whole, we've talked about it before in the, I think a couple different episodes. The whole concept of avanza la raza, yep, that is through all up and through uh, Latinx communities. It applies to being with somebody of your own race, and it also applies to being with somebody who is lighter than you. You should not be with somebody who is darker than you because you'll be somehow, some way, taking away from the race if you choose to do so. Right, but that, like you said, that also goes back. That one that goes back into white supremacy when we're talking about the light-skinned woman or the, the light-skinned inside of the house versus the 
dark skins or brown skins and dark skins being outside of the house Mm -hmm. um it reflects back into our own culture or into black culture in the very same way Mm -hmm. but it's seen like house well house negroes had more privileges Mm -hmm. than the negroes that were outside in the field and it was better then to have lighter skin than to have darker skin but now that we are no longer in those times we still hold not not we because it's not me because i'll be i'm gonna be honest right here and i'm gonna say i do not want this is gonna sound very controversial guys okay it's gonna sound so weird but i i want to say this i saw this on tiktok and i agree with this guy this guy said i don't want any dark-skinned people standing next to me this summer because (laughs) while I look good in the summer and I look nice and I look golden and everything when dark-skinned people go outside in the summertime they be glistening they look like freshly melted chocolate and they look so much better than me outside in the sun (laughs) dark-skinned people in the sunlight look like they're made of velvet it's so beautiful I I envy people Right. And but so that's, that's why point. you like, taking black people were made to be in the sun. Correct. Right. You're taking away from me though. When you sit next to me right here, <laughs> the golden, beautiful skin. Don't do that. Don't do like, that to me. <clears throat> don't nope. Don't stand next to me. What you're not gonna do is wash me out. No, Absolutely you're not. not. <laughs> don't, don't sit ne- go sit over there don't sit next to me because you are taking my beauty okay it's almost like a shaft of sunlight just shines directly upon you at right. all times yeah i'm sitting here looking dusty y'all that's not fetishizing either that's just like us for so long like brown skin and and darker skin brown people black people have been told that they weren't pretty mm-hmm. like I remember in, in in elementary school I never did this shit because I don't I feel like I don't I don't know what's wrong with some people because in my mind like even as a child it never made sense to open my mouth and call somebody like an African booty scratcher like what? never did that thought come to my mind and I was like that particular insult but, uh, but okay. I never did that I've heard that insult I never did that I used to hear it right all the time um and but then again I went to school in Virginia Beach and this is like this was like one of the last counties to switch over from Republican to Democrat Mm. uh, in the last couple of elections so um yeah like people calling people names calling them like um like what I said and just calling them things based off of like their color and talk about like the only thing I see when you close your eyes is your smile like Mm -hmm. shit like that never made sense for me to open up my mouth and say to anybody because you're a decent human yeah well yeah but like (laughs) I just it doesn't I don't know it never registered the why um but yeah maybe what you said and I just feel like so what I was saying is it's not fetishizing y'all it's more like a we're still in shock like when the wool gets pulled from Mm -hmm. over your eyes and you're like we've been listening to these motherfuckers and like you just get upset and like you go through the state the stages of denial and like except the last stage is not acceptance the last stage is like excitement mm-hmm. like it's bringing people up who have for so long been told that they're not attractive right, right. like y'all just been lying to us straight up lying 
we know it's not true like i used to i remember so i was really interested in body image and societal beauty standards and stuff when i was in school to the point Mm -hmm. where i wrote whenever i was told i need to write a research paper i need to write an essay or something like that i was in some way doing it on body image and uh, race and body image Mm -hmm. so for me i remember i used to i did one project where i was determining um what people believed was the most attractive race or most attractive um, color or culture. And so I had a um, list of people, like pictures of models all on, on their page from all over the world. And I was rating based off of what people saw as most attractive to least attractive and so on and so forth. And I remember when I was taking these, I was like, I'm trying to find beautiful people um, from all over the place, but also that have very similar features. So it's not too um, right. skewed. And I remember I would, I went and I found this woman that was a dark skin, one of a very, very dark skin woman. I was like, this just looks beautiful to me. Like, but she was of course the person that got the least amount of votes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go back and you think you're like, why, why? Well, first of all, I was in the IB program and there's a lot of white people in that program. Yes, there um, are. Not as many black people in that program. So that also contributes to it. But you just go back and you look and I'm like, this woman was drop dead gorgeous. Or like you look at the woman that, like the woman that's the darkest model ever photographed oh or something like that. She is fucking flawless. Well, right. Absolutely gorgeous. And people I saw on there commenting negative things. I'm like, she is a freaking human specimen. Right. And to be clear, it's not her skin that makes that makes her beautiful. Mm-hmm. But right. it's like she's beautiful. It doesn't take away from it like we've been taught. It's right. the thing that people point to to try to detract from people's beauty. Right. Which is it's bold. to justify their their they they point to the skin as the number one thing to justify finding a person not attractive and that's offensive first and foremost and it has caused a lot of body image issues for girls for african-american girls growing up it still does to the point where now we find it so valuable as um, as millennials and as gen z's as we're having kids we find it that valuable to give our children black dolls yeah they have to increase our writings our our children's books so we can show and represent black girls that aren't just the super light biracial girl who doesn't accurately represent 90 or only accurately represents like 70 percent or less than 70 30 percent we edge them out is the point like (laughs) We don't need we don't need a mathematical figure. Count your motherfucking days. She doesn't. I was trying to say she doesn't represent the majority, and then I gave a high percentage, and I was like, okay, that's not what I was looking for. She doesn't represent everybody, (laughs) right? Which is they always choose an ethnic. You know, when they shoot movies or videos or um, you know, commercials and stuff, they always choose somebody who is either biracial or in that in that zone of um it's not passing 
but no, it's it's the palatable black, the light skin right. Halle Berry, the light skin with European features. It's right. ambiguity. So, exactly. Just like, um, did y'all know that they asked, um, they asked Amanda Sternberg, Steinberg or Sternberg, to play Akuye in yeah. Black Panther. Oh, Lupita Nyong'o's role. Yeah, they asked the girl who played Rue in the Hunger Games mm-hmm. to play Okuye's part in the Black Panther. She's not even African, and I have respect for her because she said, "I don't even know why you would come to me and ask me to play this role. I think this role should go to somebody who um, not only looks the part but is African." African. Yeah. in the first place um don't just come to me so she turned that role down in order to and, and then they went to um Lupita Nyong'o instead but we go to all these passable people which I, to me I look back and I'm like I don't even know why they even went up to her to ask her that question um to ask her to play that role but still we we ignore what is right in front of us we ignore the people who are right in front of us in order to put these other people on a pedestal that don't even represent the majority mm-hmm. yeah i um i don't know i think i feel i don't know how y'all feel i feel like we maybe grew up in an important time i mean even if it was it i don't know if you can call it important but i think the better word is um at the right time because mm-hmm. I grew up when they started making dolls black mm-hmm. so like I had the Kenya dolls I don't know if y'all know if those are like they started off with the soft bodies and then they transferred to like the hard body dolls I don't but think it was like that. a black doll that came dressed in kente she came she had different um she had different outfits but the one I had was like the soft body one and it was already dressed in like kente cloth or whatever and like we would practice braiding her hair I ain't shit a braid and don't ask me to do it. Can't do it. You will be bald. Um, and then like I had like the black cabbage patch baby. Um, I had black Barbies. I had the black skateboard Shannon. Mm-hmm. Y'all, that was my shit. Skateboard I don't think I had any of those. But I do remember what you're talking about. I said I don't think we had any of those, but I do remember what you're talking about. Um, well, we weren't really we weren't really doll kids. We were more stuffed animal kids. Yeah, but I think you're right, Shelby. There, like we grew up in the transitional period where we just started getting more of that representation. Now, don't get me wrong; it still ain't a lot of representation that we have. But we had, we definitely, I think millennials really definitely had a lot more, a more um, representation that we've started the trend of getting more representation. And I think my parents were also very diligent about making sure we were represented in our own house because even like those American dolls that people used to get, like it was representative of like our, our heritage period. So like it was mostly black and, um, and indigenous dolls. And then there was one little white doll like (laughs) my sister had, but they were mostly black and, and native because why would we have something in the house that doesn't represent us like Mm -hmm. our Santas were black the angels were black at Christmas like when we were younger when we when Bratz came out Mm -hmm. we were really interested in Bratz dolls 
But Brad stills are definitely problematic, which we should circle back around to in this conversation about body image. Right. Mm -hmm. They are definitely problematic, but we were really into Brad stills. But I will honestly say that out of all the Brad stills that we had and that we played with, we had a Chloe. Chloe, that was Chloe, right? Not the white girl. We had the white girl and she was not the one we played with. Not. No, she wasn't. No, in fact... In fact, if I go back to it, I'm I'm thinking it's kind of rude what we did because we straight up stripped her down, had no clothes, no shoes. She put them on the black dolls. That her was hair, self-conscious. Her <laughs> hair was fucked up. We stripped her completely, and then she went in the bottom of the toy bin. There's much to be they, said about your childhood psychology from what I'm right. hearing currently. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sasha, like what? We, got, we got Chloe mostly for the clothes that were in the box and right. then we robbed her and threw her in the bottom of the clothing bin and used her clothes on everybody else. Like, bitch, you, you need stay to talk there. about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, but I, we were more likely to play with Jade, Sasha, and then what was the Hispanic girl's name? Yasmin. Yasmin, we mm-hmm. liked those dolls the most because representation matters yeah. right i had the black barbie but my cousins had the Yasmin. yeah yeah no honestly representation matters like it's it's important it really does yeah. it, it, or it really does it really is well i mean yeah so if you're listening and you're i know because even allies i know in the back of y'all said sometimes y'all wonder why we talk about the shit that we talk talk about um, but in the words of Kirk Franklin and the family, um, the reason why we sing is because it's it's one thing if you grow up and everything you ever see is you, white people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you come from a group of people where at one point all you could see was white people and you didn't, it doesn't, that kind of thing doesn't even register, I don't think, as wrong because it's just the way things are. And then once you get stuff like Black Barbie dolls popping up, your brain kind of starts working like, mm, mm-hmm. well, why, why, how come this kind of thing didn't exist before? Mm-hmm. And why, like, basically, why is it so hard for me to find something that looks like me? Because especially when you're Black, like, our parents are already teaching us the difference between us and everybody else by the time we're, like, five, six years old. They have no choice, Yeah. But then at the same time, like the media and the world around us is like, yeah, white, everything, white's great and white's cool and white's the way to be, baby. Um, you eventually start to invalidate your own self, like your own perspective. If, if I'm, why am I not seeing myself anywhere? Oh, it must be because there's something wrong with me. There's right. something wrong with the way I look or, or it's not acceptable the way that I look. And I think it's not as big of a deal. It's still a major issue for people that are black and have like a little bit of money but I think there's like a very big issue when it comes to people that are below the poverty line which is mostly people of color mostly black people and Hispanic people um that they can't afford some of the same things that like my parents could like I know I said that my parents went out of their way to make sure that we were represented in our own house but everybody can't afford that shit like sometimes the Dollar Tree just has white people if you need Mm -hmm. like statues and stuff to decorate your house like And that's all some people can afford. Mm-hmm. So now you got a group of people who have no no choice but to be susceptible to susceptible. Susceptible. Well, exposed is what <laughs> I'm trying to say here. Okay. Um, <laughs> exposed to like the bullshit that they see in the media. And Cindy, I know you said that you like used to write papers and stuff, which is uh-huh. 
hilarious because in IB art, my subject matter was body image and I full-fledged went in on like Chinese foot binding, uh, colorism, I think specifically like Indian and um, in the islands. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I just watched a documentary. I'm sorry, Shelby. I'll let you continue your thought and then I'll come back to this. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you saw y'all, she, y'all can't see this, but I was bringing the wine glass up to my face. Since I couldn't talk. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I did the same thing, but it's something different when you're ne- you've never been represented. And especially like, I remember in high school that the, there used to be these white girls that just, they were always like super confident and it's me also, Y'all know I always ask questions and I've always been a reader. So I knew some shit, I think, mm-hmm. earlier than I was supposed to. Um, but they would always be like, oh my God, you're so cute. And like for a black girl and where did you do this? And like, you could tell like sometimes they were mocking you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's because the world told them that they looked better than each other, than everybody else. But in my mind, I was like, like, y'all ugly. Like, get the fuck out of my face. I don't even understand why we're having this conversation right now. Like, I don't give mm-hmm. a fuck what you look like. Not really sure why you give a fuck, like, what I look like. But that's what the world teaches people. But mm-hmm. imagining people who've never had, like, the reinforcement that I have at home. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they feel when people attack them? And you know that they feel the passive aggression or that people are, quote, unquote, trying to play them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not equipped to deal Absolutely. Yeah, no, you are, well, I, th- I would say us because we were kind of getting a good amount of the reinforcement as well, um, have different tools. And unfortunately, diversity is a bit of a privilege. Um, like you were saying, there are some people that straight up cannot afford to go buy, you know, brown Barbie because unfortunately, brown dolls do cost more. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an upward trend with the price of diverse dolls because now, especially now, as it's be, as dolls as the diversity trend is kicking off, um, it's becoming sort of a corporate device to diversify, right. which I'm sure that we will talk about in some way, shape, or form. Well, we have talked about it in performative activism. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's becoming a bit, it's, it's becoming a trend to diversify and those dolls are starting to cost more. So it, it's self-esteem is not free, no um, unfortunately not. for, for people of color, because we're, we are only offered the default is the white standard. The default is the white perspective. Um, and that's available to all parties. It's part of that culture of oppression that we've been talking about, but I wanted to go back to the to what you were talking about, Shelby, with colorism, specifically in India. Right. Um, I just watched this documentary on this. It's I, I absorb a crazy amount of YouTube content. Uh-huh. But there's this documentary channel on YouTube called Unreported World. And they just did a document last year. They did a documentary on color on a skin bleaching, mm-hmm. specifically in India and in South Africa. Mm-hmm. where bleaching products are the number one thing sold on black market. Yeah. Skin bleaching products, hair bleaching products, they're the number one thing sold on the black market. And a lot of them are illegal because they're fucking dangerous. Yeah. They have these, I can't remember the specific names of the chemicals, um, but they have certain chemicals in them that are literally peeling off the skin of the people that are applying or these lotions in the desperate attempt to make themselves lighter. Right. Because that's more acceptable. And it is so sad. That's, I don't understand how 
racial deniers still exist. Like if people are willing to hurt themselves, to injure themselves, their physical person just to attain this standard because they spend their whole lives being told that, and this is why I say it's not just a black thing because this is also India as well. And I know quite a few Indian people who are of the darker skin variety, like one of my, one of my current close friends. Um, she's not my best friend, but you know, uh, one, one of my current close friends, she's a darker skin Indian woman, absolutely gorgeous absolutely beautiful ain't nothing wrong with her whatsoever but we've talked about it. she spent her whole life her mom used to make her use skin bleaching products as she was growing up and when she was a child which is the scariest thing mm-hmm. um her mom used to force her to use bleaching products because she had such dark skin she was like you have dark skin your life is going to be so much harder never going to be able to find a husband mm. blah, blah, blah. and to the it was to the point where she has discoloration yeah. on her arms from places because it doesn't work it's not magic so it doesn't make you all evenly one skin tone that's if it does work number one right it doesn't make you all one skin tone evenly across the board that's not how it works you get patches you're basically trying to kill the skin cells exactly you're literally killing your skin you're literally peeling off layers of your skin mm-hmm. um and there is there is irreparable damage that can be done with with these things like part of the documentary we they followed around a dermatologist um in south africa who said most of the the, the women at least that she sees on a regular basis are from damage due to skin bleaching products um so- like full-on chemical burns you get discoloration in your skin it is so scary how desperate these women are to be lighter or these people are because one of the people they watched was a man as well um these people are just to be lighter because lighter is better right and it's not just that i think the thing that makes it worse to me is that this is not one of those cases where most people don't know that it's dangerous oh yeah people even in these in like the these the west indies and um like africa and india they know how dangerous it is but they're still willing to go through it Mm -hmm. for the sake of being treated better which i know a lot of people would be like well that's their own problem they need to deal with that but you're talking about a large group of poor people or people that have been discriminated against purely just because you haven't done it doesn't mean that they haven't like lost a job opportunity or like a relationship because of the way that they look um and if you need an example when I did whatever my project um in high school one of my references was this commercial in India where um the girl was walking through the airport and like nobody was paying attention to her because she was brown skinned, she had brown hair, brown eyes, and then it was a commercial for skin bleach. Mm-hmm. And when it like the frame flipped, she had blue eyes, blonde hair, and her skin had been bleached like five shades lighter. And then everybody was like, "Oh my God, look at her! She's so beautiful!" And then they showed their little product and was like, "If you want to, if you want to be beautiful too, you'll use our skin bleaching product." That is so scary. How at any point did anybody think that was okay? Um, I remember seeing a commercial of um, a bar of soap that was supposed to have nearly immediate effects on skin lightening. And it was uh, an Indian company and they put somebody who had like 
brown skin, like my complexion or Shelby's complexion skin inside of a tub, told them, hey, use this soap, wash your legs. And they came out as light as, you know, um, Dana, actually your original color before we moved to Virginia. As wow. light okay. Why am I being well, because you, you were you were light skinned. When I am light skinned. You are still light skinned, yes, but you are a darker light skinned than you were before when we first came. Before we came, okay, so Sydney just wanted to call me pale sometime in this segment. Thank you, Sydney, for that. Call <laughs> you pale. You talking about thing? So, so for reference, um, she came out. Uh, that person's like body came out that light. Um and just to show how effective oh this product was this effective now thankfully this was at a time where most people were like yeah now nah, that shit's probably not true but at the same time there's some people who are still going to buy into it because they're so desperate to change the color of their skin so that way they can be deemed as more attractive more um successful more acceptable by society all, all these things come from the benefit of having lighter or white skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even in America, I don't want to seem like this is just like a third world country thing. It oh. is not a third world country, but I'm saying like for Americans, everything that's not America is third world unless it's like <laughs> England. Yeah. Um, but it's not these other non-American countries um, because even though we don't directly like sell skin bleaching products, especially in black brands you I feel like I see things designed as skin lightening that are sold under a guise so like for black skin a lot of skincare products and I use I I do use brightening products but that's only because dark skin scars so easy and I have eczema so like anytime my skin gets dry I normally like scar on my face on my hands on my chest Mm -hmm. um but I feel like that is taken and then marketed but it's not marketed to people who have like scarring issues like hyperpigmentation that they need to kind of like slowly fade away because when you're brown you go out on the sun any scar that you get is going to darken um and I had it so bad in my college that it literally like created its own contour on my face Mm -hmm. um yeah I wasn't eating the way I was supposed to self-care is important y'all and I think this brand was called Ambi um no shade of ambi i'm sure y'all sell y'all's products for perfectly um moral reasons but they sell a lot of products that are for brightening but specifically they sell a bar soap and you're not going to tell me that in the back of somebody's mind even if it wasn't spoken out loud the plan was not for that to be sold to people to use on their entire bodies even though they're a face care brand that was not made with the intention of it being multi-purposeful and people buying it with the intention of lightening their, lightening their skin, even though it probably wasn't going to work. Um, people, yeah, people people here have access to it just as much. I remember being in a um, in a Facebook group. Come closer and, to the mic, Sydney. Huh? Closer to the mic. You're like faded. Out. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, so we still, I agree with you. We definitely still have access to it. I remember being in a Facebook group, a spiritual Facebook group, where people were talking about interests in um, Yoruba gods and goddesses. And they were talking about how a lot of people that follow a per- one, one particular goddess then 
were often found to start going towards and for skin brightening, skin lightening um, uh, uh, products because they said that that was the influence of that particular Yoruba deity um, on them. And so we definitely do. And I, I saw pictures of people who were doing like before and afters. And so we definitely have access. They're just, like you said, marketed in different ways. Like rather than for people who have scarring or have hyperpigmentation or something like that, it's marketed to usually when you see a brightening serum, they're putting their whole face mm-hmm. or wipe, you know, lathering up their entire face, their entire neck, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And then they rinse it off. Not like, oh, here's a spot treatment. This right. is a darkened spot here. Let me add a little bit of this to that darkened spot. Right. Which is, yeah. So like I get a serum that's vitamin C and like put it just on the spot that's darker than the rest of my face because mm-hmm. I mean personally y'all my goal I there was one year there was one year I tanned so well and I was like mama I made it mm-hmm. and I like it is my goal and I ain't been able to do it yet to like get back to that shade of brown because I get sick of being called light-skinned and I know that I'm not light-skinned like I'm brown oh baby God. But like I'm, anybody past a certain shade within like the realm of blackness will refer to everybody else as light skin. And like, right. I just be yeah. sick of it. Right. So I, I used think. to get so pissed off at my original, they're not my friends group anymore, but my original friends group, when I first went to ODU, they qualified, classified me as a light skin, almost like I had light skin privilege. I would argue all the time, like I'm not light skin I'm not light skin I'm brown skin I'm not light skin I'm not light skin and they would always argue no you're light skin because the other girls that I was hanging out with were darker skin but mm-hmm. I remember the guys used to talk and they'd be like oh, but light skin girls everybody got a soft spot for light skin girls you light skin blah 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 no. and I'm like please don't talk. don't don't do that no I'm first and foremost I'm not light skin and it used to irritate me when they would say that because not because there's a problem with being light skin but I feel like um it feels false it's the mean well I'm not light skin I feel like it I I love the color of my skin I love the shade of my skin and I feel like it takes away from the color of my skin how proud I am of the color of my skin when you say oh you're you are lighter complexion no I'm not right don't assign something to me that I'm not I mean listen my mama is like I got a lot of light light skinned family I don't got nothing against being light skinned which is why I would cop to it if it was true however mm-hmm. however I am brown there is right. never a point in the year when I am not brown right like it just goes from lighter brown to darker brown but it's always brown I agree. Like, and like I said, my family, like, or like you said, my family is lighter com- um, complected outside of my father and my grandmother at the time. And my, my one cousin, most of my family were in that lighter skin um, category. And even still, they still have some trouble. Like when they buy makeup, mm-hmm. they still have trouble actually knowing and being able to identify like my actual skin color. I usually get things that are several colors too light. Right. Um, or several shades too light for myself but um at the same time like I don't I wouldn't mind being 
you know, a lighter complexion, but it's just not me. Right. It's just it feels not untrue. And it feels like people trying to play me is what it feels like. Like, I don't mind being lighter, lighter, mm-hmm. but I'm not light and I don't mind. And like, if I was, I wouldn't mind it, but you're not going to lie to me in my face and tell me that I'm not brown. Right. And also I feel like being identified, at least when I was talking with those people, when they identified people as light skin, it almost gave them like further incentive or permission to sexualize them that much more. Or to be like, oh, you bougie, or like, I can tell what kind of person you are, or like, especially when it comes to like people, when it comes to dating, because that puts you in the realm of like you're past this mark that we put like you've seen the peter griffin thing where it was like the police officer holding up the color card mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. it's almost like people are like okay yeah you you fell into this this realm of like acceptable blackness right um and it's but it's i just okay. wanted to throw that out there before because i feel like my biggest thing here with this body image thing is because summer is coming up people are focused on not getting darker which I feel like a lot of us black people are on the same page with fuck that like yeah you belong in the sun go out into the sun I used to hate when hate it when I heard women saying oh I can't go outside too long because I don't want to get darker like darker skin I don't want to get darker and I was like what like (laughs) you when you say that it sounds like you are in some ways insinuating getting darker is bad I love my skin my sun kissed skin mm-hmm. <laughs> I love my sun kissed skin mm-hmm. and then like how can you I, I I guess I just never understood living in a life where I just wasn't happy with the skin color that I have and that 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 is a positive thing I mean that's beneficial it's a privilege it's a privilege right it's a privilege um that that I've had but even then like I used to have people who weren't um particularly nice to me about the color of my skin um I had friends for example that would see like Dana and would say oh that's your sister she's the lighter skin one and just automatically say oh well she's prettier than you because you know she is also the lighter skin sibling and even then I would always be like that was a backhanded ass comment and I would be focused on the comment rather than the color of my skin needing to be lighter like what the fuck is wrong with you right (laughs) right and it used to um but but I guess that's that's how I was I think my dad always raised us and my mother too but um my dad as the the black parent Mm. raised us um and, and had us think a lot on like black issues like we were young listening to with so much black culture like we associated most with our Puerto Rican family members, but also ingrained in us was so much of black culture. We were listening to freaking like Queen Latifah, NDRE, mm. freaking Death Row all the time when it was my dad's choice, all the way down to Ohio players and Funkadelic. Like my dad had us ingrained, like engulfed by black culture. And right. so um, while we didn't have like, a lot of the decorations and stuff like that um in like the house or something we did have it in other ways our music our um food all you know all all those things 
Um, and he would, they would always take pride in explaining our family history and such to us. So I think, but not everybody has those benefits of having that information of being able to have access to all of those that, that the music, being able to have access to the foods, all of that stuff to truly embrace how strong your culture is and how strong it is to be who you are within your culture. But in terms of body image, I think the number one thing I hate the, I hate the, um, I don't want to get any darker argument, Mm -hmm. but then I also hate the ideology of as a bigger woman you got to cover up more you can't wear the same things you can't wear the crop top because nobody wants to see your stomach you can't wear okay i'm sorry continue (laughs) no you're right but that's how general (laughs) like that's my reaction we used to have issues as a plus size woman, um, and I've, I've, I love my dad. I've talked to him. We've talked to him about this. But as a plus size woman, my dad was that type because he grew up, even though he is a uh, big man now, a heavier man now, he wasn't always, and he was an athlete as a kid. And so as we were growing up, a lot of what he would, um, as we were growing up, a lot of what he would say, because I was always heavy, um, Basically, by the time we moved to um, Virginia in uh, 2000, um, I started gaining weight. And so I would try to wear the things that I wanted to wear. And he would say things like, that's not meant for your body type. It's not meant for you. And he would try to dress me like a 30-year-old, 30 to 40-year-old woman back then to cover up what I had going on. Because yeah. he deemed that whatever, you know, everybody else was wearing was not appropriate. Was a lot of button-ups happening in your life? Uh, oh, yeah. His button doll baby shirts? Um, What's a doll baby shirt? The ones that are like, it's like cute up here and then it like flares out at the bottom. No, I wasn't allowed to have those because I had a chest. Me too. But my, my mom thought they hid. So like, they didn't like flare out. They kind of like, I don't know they like were supposed to be cutesy and like make remind people that you a child basically yeah no I didn't have those my dad did a lot of like his his um hand-me-downs his shirts his button downs um he wanted me to be in uh, definitely skinny jeans popped off that was definitely a no-go because that was too tight anything tight or form-fitting was a no-go and I remember um, that was just not something that he was personally okay with. And we do, but we did, this is common. It's yeah. honestly common in our culture where we deem one thing is, or, or a fatness is not attractive and nobody should be subjected to that. And you need to cover yourself up as a result. And, but that's not honestly that's not just a black thing but it is something that runs really heavy in our culture down to what our parents will even say to us yeah because I definitely like stayed in trouble in school for wearing like tank tops because I'd be like it's hot like I went to my first I went to part of middle school and half of high school in Florida because I'm a, I'm a navy brat so like that was that time period and it's fucking hot in Florida like everybody dressed your, in your mic is messing up 
As it's shaking, it's cracking every time. Okay, okay every time now. it's better. Okay, so which part did you hear last? Um, it's fucking hot in Florida. Okay, so it's fucking hot in Florida, and everybody, um, dressed in like tank tops or like layered like the wife beaters but the it was a strange time in 2007 for anybody judging would wear like the wife beaters in colors and then put like the tank tops over top of them and like Mm -hmm. I had a chest but like I was hot so I'm not wearing like a long sleeve shirt or something that's not gonna let like my arms and shit breathe through neck and yeah but I would get in trouble because I got titties okay had them right. for a while and like my chest would just be further exposed than people that don't have a chest because the material is stretching like I can't right. help I just know right. um so I know earlier we were talking about like the differences in like beauty standards I feel like white people their beauty standards are actually kind of looser because like they don't care about butts and and chest and shit they just be like all right you're white um great and for us there's like very strict like small waist big boobs big butt even if you don't have boobs that's fine long as you got a butt and a small waist um and i don't think then waist with a big behind exactly like y'all were saying with the music thing it's a it's a trend Mm -hmm. um because even like big girls have tighter restrictions like yeah you can be big but if you're gonna be big at least have like a butt and if you got don't have a butt you don't have any right to be big like, I feel like Black people nitpick because... Right. You and only then have they, your titties because you're big. If mm-hmm. you weren't big, then you wouldn't have any titties. Your waist, oh, if you got, you got to be... You have to have no stomach, but you got to have big hips, big thighs, big ass, big titties. I feel like Black people are, like, driving this the plastic surgery market right now. And yeah. it's because of the way that we like y'all said the music and our entertainment like it was an impossible standard of beauty because i listen okay some of us happen to have a little 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 drippity drop 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 a caucasian and my drop of caucasian took my ass so um i don't care like i don't care but i did spend all of childhood and most of adulthood listening to people go well girl you ain't got no butt never did i feel more lonely than the period of booty 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 rocking everywhere and like call the park bubble spark exactly all these ass songs i just had to sit there like people y'all think this is a joke like bitches wouldn't even let you dance if you ain't had no booty they'd be like girl sit down you ain't got no ass and i'd be like okay um (laughs) They'd be like, damn, girl, you big, but you ain't got no butt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I am. And no, I don't. Um, mm-hmm. But I say all that to say that I feel like Black girls, and we were talking about this earlier, Dana, have different expectations than mm-hmm. white women or not. I'm glad you said that because I wanted to circle back around to that thought anyway. Yeah. Um, as far as Caucasian standards of beauty, don't get me wrong. White women do the bare minimum and are still considered better than black women on their best day. Um, That being said, white women do also have a strict model that they have to adhere to or they do gay dog just like um, we would. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you cannot be fat and be considered beautiful in the white community. You can be considered beautiful as a fat white woman by other people, by people of color. 
Right. Um, but as a white woman to be considered hot, you cannot be overweight. And they are brutal about that shit. That I do know for, for sure. That being said, again, white women can get away with the bare minimum as far as you know societal beauty standards are concerned. But in the white community itself, weight is huge. Right. Weight is like their primary concern as far as beauty standards. Because they already got, you know, their hair is going to do what their hair is going to do. Their skin is already light. So they already got those things. But for them, weight is a make or break kind of thing within their own community. And that, But you know what? Well, this is about to be real shady, what I'm about to say. But it all makes sense because if you look at the type of food that white people eat, it's not food that's meant to really make you heavy. There's not like heavy ass carbs. All the heavy ass carbs, really heavy foods really came from all other cultures well it's incorporating really big really heavy carbs really heavy starches those are poor people food right right but then they they get popular and become a staple in a diet that really wasn't meant for them or their consumption and then you get people that are insanely overweight because they've been eating foods that are not truly meant for them and it goes the same way vice versa because we are not like now we don't really go on ethnic food diets like only eating our culture's food we don't do that here really at all and if you go back and you look not saying that there's not obesity in other like countries and stuff like that because there's def there definitely is mm -hmm. but if you go back to other countries and you look at the foods that they're eating they're sustaining their weight a lot better than america who's really taking foods from a bunch of different cultures mashing them together and trying to make that shit work but would you say that was like that's the issue because i almost would say that other countries care more about their people's health so even like their street food yeah is better and the, the mm -hmm. example that comes to my mind is um mcdonald's Oof. so if you go to mcdonald's in europe there is a rule that they have where um i can't remember the number specifically but there any of their meals doesn't include more than a certain number of ingredients um and so I forgot what documentary it was, but this woman was comparing like a burger from a United States um, McDonald's versus a European one. And in Europe, there are laws in place to make sure that food is healthier for the people that are eating it. But since we live in an extremely convenience-based capitalistic free market place type country, we're more focused on providing food quickly, efficiently, and cheaply. So there's literally like 50 ingredients in a hamburger in the United States versus in the UK. Um, or the fact that French fries in the UK is just potatoes, oil, salt. Mm -hmm. But in the United States, it's like beef fat and a bunch of other shit. Um, I just think that other countries put, they prioritize differently. They most definitely do. Like there's a lot of things that are in our McDonald's that are straight up illegal in other countries like in the uk and things like that if you look at the ingredients and in some of the shit that we eat those things have been outlawed in other countries because they actually give a shit if their citizens live or die um and a lot of the foods that we eat and this ties back into you know the whole thing we were talking about with food deserts a while ago i don't remember what episode it was mm -hmm. um but when you have less access 
to decent food, you're going to retain weight. Um, there's a common misconception that if you don't eat a lot, you're going to be skinny. Now, that's not necessarily true. If you eat things that are very calorically dense, even if you are, even if it's infrequently, um, you, especially with all the preservatives and shit that's in our food, you are, you are more likely you are going to gain weight. Right. So it's, right. it's, it, it, it all, bo- it does boil down to what you eat and Sydney to the point that you were making, um, white people did historically and currently have better access to better food. Mm-hmm. And so did we, I mean, we have been practicing vegetarianism and veganism in Africa for mm-hmm. years, decades longer than other cultures have. But then we live in localities where we have access to food that's not the food that we would typically eat. And now we are the number one like culture that has obesity as a like serious issue that we are encountering. Um, I think that's like one of the biggest causes if I'm recalling correctly, I read a study that said that obesity is one of the leading causes of death for yeah, Black men. That's because it covers so many. It's a prerequisite to so many other diseases. So, right. I mean, when you're obese, especially if you're Black, you're probably, we have the highest rate of heart disease. Um, and I think that, what is it? Diabetes is the number one cause of death in the United States. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, there's lots of reasons for why it's us. But the biggest reason is racism. Because like Dana was saying about food um, deserts, a lot of Black people make up the um, demographic below the poverty line. Mm-hmm. And people that live in ghettos or the hood tend to live in food de- deserts. Nine times out of 10, if you live in one of these neighborhoods, you don't have access to fresh food, which means you're buying canned or preserved food or more processed food because the more processed something is, the longer it'll last. Right. Um, and so we're eating foods that have higher amounts of sugar, higher amounts of fat, higher amounts of salt, which leads to diabetes, stress, heart attacks, stroke, and all of these other health issues but because, you know, like if you watch a movie, you always see like the white people and in movies, especially if it's like um, bringing down the house with Queen Latifah and uh, what's his face with the white hair? Martin. Yeah. Um, like you always see the differences in like the cultures or whatever. So I feel like part of our issue is one that we did eat like calorie dense foods because we didn't get a lot of food, especially in America. Mm-hmm. And then we were going out to do a lot of work, but then once we weren't required to do that much work, we still have the same diet. Um, mm-hmm. And if with the rates of depression and other issues that we have, it doesn't surprise me that we have like a higher factor of obesity. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the uh, the blood BMI, what is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, body mass index. It's Bullshit. so skewed. it is bullshit i saw um a video and i completely agree with it and the video was talking about how our diets are entire our diet is entirely rooted and how to properly diet is entirely rooted in white supremacy Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And she went back to really explain how what is deemed appropriate diet food is what is defined by white appropriate diet food, which is also why in some ways it's hard for us to lose weight on those Caucasian diets because it's not meant for us. They don't go through all of our traditional foods and then go through and say, okay, well, this is, it's healthy if you have, um, I don't know, carne asada, it's -hmm. healthy. But they're not going to say that because it's not a food that they're going to go ahead and do the research in and see if it is something that is that is fine for us. Um, but they go through the recipes that they have, which are usually under seasoned and um, flavorless <laughs> and say, yeah, it's OK. You can have you know what you can have to diet. You can have a salad and boiled chicken. Yeah. And enjoy your freaking self and then we go back and we're like used to seasonings in our food which goes back to then us having um uh seasoning in our food because we did not have as much access to fresher cleaner food so we had to go ahead and over season in order to compensate for something that might be a little bit older or something okay. that um uh, that it, it I don't want to say decaying because it's not necessarily decaying but no but you're not wrong honestly a lot of the times food that was food had to be overseas and was particularly over salted mm-hmm. to kill bacteria right um, because you were you were they weren't getting you know things that were fresh off the table they were getting the shit that, that you know masters didn't eat right so it was rotting it was partially eaten and you don't know what them people got mm-hmm. so, seasoning was a necessity not only to make it palatable but to kill bacteria yeah right so i mean at that point just like we were talking about how trauma is generational like you have to think about the effects that over salted over sugared food had on people's brains Mm -hmm. um and i think by now everybody has heard the statistic that like salt and sugar is just as addictive as other Um, more addictive cocaine and heroin and shit Mm. it's just as strong so if you think about the changes in your brain that occur when you get addicted to something it probably makes your offspring more susceptible that word has just haunted me today (laughs) Um, (laughs) to um having a predisposition to wanting to eat saltier foods more sugary foods and when you reinforce it especially on an american diet you're probably not doing them any favors but I said all that to say um to bring us back to body image especially coming up in the summer I know everybody talks about like getting beach ready or having hot girl summer mm-hmm. and we're going to these flaps yeah exactly <laughs> like we see these people talk about body positivity right but I feel like there's still a lot of people who just don't get minding your business you know um and not only that but even though people get that concept I feel like internally a lot of the people that are bigger and trying to push the idea of body positivity still are struggling through like self-esteem yeah um and I say that I'll say shit I'll take that one I'll say that comes personally um because I know we were talking I was like yeah girl I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like I damn like I was I was like that good then and I'm uh half my drawer for summer is all crop tops uh bralettes titty what I like to call dresses that make the titties titty um, 
and shorts and shit like I like to be comfortable I don't give a fuck about like what people have to say but then you still even walking like out in public have to be like all right is anybody gonna say anything are people like really that bothered by Mm -hmm. me and I'll take that one because hearing what you wear I will put on a crop top yes but what you will not see is you will not see me combining a crop top with a pair of shorts oh no no no. honestly I don't even own shorts like that I you might Mike could potentially find me cutting up a pair of jeans into a pair of shorts because my thighs decided to burst through those jeans. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, a new pair of shorts. But usually they're worn in the house because I am I am not comfortable with how my legs look. And, you know, one of the biggest things that we have issues with, um, especially with weight gain that we are not really proportionately supposed to be taking on is cellulite. Mm-hmm. And people... You know, we went through this whole movement of thick thighs save lives and respect the thick thighs and all of this stuff, but we didn't go through the whole movement of the things that come with thick thighs, the thigh, um, the thigh discoloration, the uh, the cellulite on the thighs, the stretch marks on the thighs. Like we didn't cover all of that stuff, and all of those things are still things that are like I don't want to say taboo, but it's taboo. Well, yeah, especially like the thing um, with like the innards of like the thighs or whatever. And people talk about like, um, or like the back of necks when people talk about you don't it clean. like people don't shower. Right. Like we're just ignorant. And I feel like black people, well, everybody says some shit, but like it just grinds my gears, especially with black people. Cause I'd be knowing we know better mm-hmm. and just we, we'd be ignorant sometimes and we just won't let go of bullshit. Um, mm-hmm so like especially if you have big thighs um or if you are overweight and even if you're not obese um you can have something called I can't even remember what it is it's like acanthosis negrosis I have it right and it happens when um like you say you're insulin resistant it's Mm -hmm. basically like you eat too much sugar or you have too too much too many simple carbs in your system um which will go away somewhat, but also y'all not mind y'all motherfucking business because this is really all it boils down to. All of this whole thing boils down to mind your motherfucking business. But I'll come back to that. Shelby, continue. <laughs> Even let live. Let you like everybody has their vices. Everybody has their things. I don't I don't understand when everybody has their things that make them insecure. I don't understand what benefit it has for you to then go ahead and call people out on the things that they're probably insecure about right it's gotten to the point where people hear the fat argument so much or that we're like okay we're fat and yeah the word fat doesn't hurt me anymore which again is something that i'm going to come back to after shelby's done with her thought Mm -hmm. i'm weak okay um i remember i was after multiple detours but i will i just really do want to touch back on the skin thing because I will say, like, Sydney, you followed me on Facebook. Um, after going through the whole, like, diet thing, um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's different within, like, the Black community because we have cultural foods. And, like, when you kind of deviate away from cultural foods and what we're supposed to eat, people start kind of looking at you funny. Um, and it's not like it was a quick switch for me to stop eating meat. I'm pescatarian, like a non-dairy pescatarian is the way, best way to say that. Um 
But even when I was like, y'all, I don't eat anything but fish, my family was like, all right, you tripping, you're not black, I don't know what the fuck this is. Right. Um, but mentally, I feel like it's a lot because, yeah, I'm big, okay, been big, don't be big. Even when I was skinny, I was big. Um, but I know for a fact that I eat better than most of y'all motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, did I just drink three glasses of wine? Yes, but they were red mm-hmm. and I had vegetables for dinner, just vegetables, because I'm healthy like that. And they were raw. Thank you. Um, so I know for a fact, like I eat well, I'm clean. Um, so y'all, I remember my cousins, I ain't gonna say no names, but like my cousins would be like, oh, you don't wash the back of your neck. Like look at the back of your neck. Why is it so dark? And even like when we were damn near grown, I'd be like, I washed the back of my neck. Like, why are we having this conversation? Um, and it took them until like phones and Google and shit were really big and being able to send them something and being like, look, leave me the fuck alone next time I'm punching you in the throat. Um, mm-hmm. and Dana, that's all I have to say. So as far as body image in general, I feel like we are moving in a good direction, needs to be faster. But in a good direction, as far as diversity is concerned, we're starting to see more representation. We're starting to see more diversity. We're starting to see more people of color in more mass media in particular. Um, But I feel like where we have not moved forward in very, we move forward in very little ways is weight, um, just as a society in general. We've really kind of decided, especially millennials, that making fun of people for their race or for their skin color or for any, any of that shit is unacceptable. But we really haven't, as a society, taken a stand against discrimination for people for their body weight. Um, it is still very much open, particularly online. It is still pretty much open season on people who are overweight. And I feel like it's often dismissed. Shelby, your mic is buzzing. Um, I feel like it's it's often dismissed because people who are overweight for so long have been, you know, a minority, but particularly in the U.S. right now, more and more people are what's considered overweight, which I think is bullshit based on the BMI scale or whatever that we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have really not taken a stand against bullying people who are overweight, which it in no way affects you if you are not overweight Mm -hmm. it does not change your life in any way if someone else is overweight it does not change your day in any way if someone else is overweight it really does it it, and it it does wear on you like don't get me wrong at this point like sydney said at this point i'm at the point where you know i'm a big girl i have been my whole life even when i was doing sports i was big Mm -hmm. so like that has never changed for me. So at this point, calling me fat does not bother me. But yeah. that took years and years of dealing with body image issues right. for me to build up to this point where I just truly don't give a fuck about you or your opinion. Um, it took years and years of damage. It took years and years of having to consciously build myself up because people around me were constantly tearing me down. Because, you know, you might be overweight, but overweight does not equal ugly. Mm-hmm. Right. I ain't never been ugly. 
eggs and that's what i was about to say i've been fat but i ain't never been ugly not, not a day. one day in my life have i been an ugly child so easily overlooked with, with especially on social media like i know i've i'm on tiktok now because i've lost my soul um but i'm on tiktok now and i'm looking at 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 the the bias the general bias um that puts skinny conventionally beautiful people up front Mm -hmm. and people who are overweight have been you know just living their daily lives and been flagged for being inappropriate you know i follow this one tiktoker um she's a bigger girl she's a plus-size model she has ginormous boobies (laughs) and she wears you know just regular top shit that if i wore you know that'd be hella cute because i do not have huge boobs they're proportionate but they're not big um so like if I wore that top, it would be fine. But you know, she's wearing, you know, a, a crop top and a and a pair of jeans and her video got flagged for sexual content. And nudity. Right. And, yeah, and nudity because she's huge with huge boobs. And that's just showing people that have these particular body types that just existing in this body is sexual, is overtly sexual. Right. right. And not only is it sexual, like it's like people attack you for trying like they think that you're trying to be something that you're not like honestly at this point like yes I'm cute and I already know it so whether I'm in like sweatpants and my hair is frizzy and like I just put it on top of my head with a headband or um like I actually took the time to get dressed Mm -hmm. like y'all gonna have something to say Mm -hmm. but I'll take your man either way (laughs) truly um I and don't want to be man, but I got it like that. Ain't even got to be like I'll that. Take him. I'll take him right from out under your nose. Exactly. And that won't even from trying. Like, I can't. Mm, I was about to brag a lot. Um, and and what was a bad thing? Well, because if I tried, bitch. Yeah, dudes who consciously <laughs> are like, ooh, I don't, I don't talk to big women. I don't date big women. All mm-hmm. that tells me is your meat don't pass the cheeks. Anyway, continue, Shelby, with your thoughts. That also tells me um, what's the kind of hate you have for your mama. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If you if you are one of those people that actively discriminates against big women because you're like, I don't like big women. I don't like big girls. And you will starve to death, sir. You will starve to death, okay? When you've got a hoe that only knows how to make chicken Alfredo with the can from Bertoldi. You will starve to death, and I'm just going to assume if you have a little dick, just say that. Like yeah. you, you really just need to say that. That's all you got to say. If the mm-hmm. lips is gonna be a problem for you, you don't have personal reasons. I, <laughs> I understand. Just say that. Like you could just say, and that's okay. That's I'm so right. weak. I'm just saying. Like I'm not, and I'm not saying that as in, um, you know, to be hateful. I'm saying that from genuine experience. But bitch, yeah. know your limits. Not you, Dana, but them. Just, when they say it, know your own limits. Yeah, and I mean, just because you have a preference does not give you the right to actively discriminate against those who don't fit into what you find attractive. Plus, most right. of the time when they say it, they haven't even tried that shit. Because most of the time when somebody's like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna give it a try, and they get with a big woman, and they dip their feet in, they would be like, ooh, this is kind of nice. <laughs> It's warm in here. The water ain't even that cold, y'all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. They try it out. And then when guys do try it out and they like it, they're like, it's a whole new world. Matter of fact, don't like them. More for me. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I just shit. Talk shit. Right. I, just, I, 
so we're seeing less of that but still like we talked about earlier um you still got to be if you're going to be big you have to be the right kind of big so you have to be big you can't be big in the stomach you got to have big thighs a, a big a big um big hips and a tiny tiny waist with mm. ginormous titties that is the only way that you're acceptable to be big which thank you for bringing it back around 24 36 I'm and only if she's five three it's from anaconda yeah i know i was about to say <laughs> but no thanks for bringing it back around because i think this is a good way to wrap it up because i know that y'all know i like to present the opposite side of the argument so i can tear that shit down so with it, talking about people's size and being the right kind of big mm-hmm. you also see people who make the arguments um that they're they don't dislike people with um that are bigger they just don't quote unquote like seeing them promote their lifestyle which mm-hmm. basically that pops up on pictures where it's literally just like a black person uh, not a black person but a fat person being happy existing like mm-hmm. yeah and saying like yeah I'm fat but I'm happy and I look good today and like I went and did something that I enjoyed today and people are like why are you promoting this lifestyle and then you know you'll what do you uh, what lifestyle bitch eating exactly obesity <laughs> One of my favorite phrases that the internet has coined, glorifying yeah. obesity. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yes, that shit. And then people will go through and they'll talk about how they're trainers and how they know people that have lost weight and whatever. And I'm going to tell y'all, as somebody who has previously lost weight and then gained part of it back and is like working on losing it again, that the amount of work that I was doing to lose as much weight as I did, as fast as I did, was not healthy. And that comes from... One, Black people telling you that, you know, you have to, if you're going to be big, you got to be a certain way. And the rest of the world telling you, you need to not be big, period. Um, And so I did a lot of, I'm healthy anyway. Um, So the assumption that Black people are not, or Black people, fat people are are not healthy is bullshit because I grew up doing like manual labor type shit for fun, like working on ranches. Um, that's a, that's a no for me, dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I like that. My ancestors fought too hard for me to be doing this. Weak. I love. I like ant meals. So, but all I'm saying is, like, I did tomboy ass shit. So it's not like I was lazy or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I didn't learn until later that I had PCOS. But even then, I didn't eat meat. I barely. I didn't eat a lot of dairy. And like, people are all. They call me like a bird and a squirrel and a rabbit at work because of the way that I eat. Um, but then you but, go home and they're like, well, you eat too much. Well, not even that, but I, I was doing three, three and a half hours in the gym and like really keeping an eye on the food that I was consuming, making sure I wasn't like going over or under like the calorie count that I was supposed to be at for that day. And mm-hmm. like, I would be in the gym, I'd be dizzy. Like I wouldn't stop until like my, my limbs and shit were shaking be- because I'd worked out so hard. Um, which is okay if you're not doing it every day, but I was doing it every day, sometimes twice a day. And not only do I feel like people overexert themselves in order to fit into these categories, because now I'm losing weight, but I'm also eating. And I'm not, I'm not going to drive myself crazy um, trying to lose weight when I are, I'm already, for all intents and purposes, healthier than a lot of people, even though... Um, I'm classified as obese like 
that's the BMI standard. And it doesn't take a lot to get categorized in that, um, in that group of people. But people do crazy things. And I feel like that's why like those gummies and plastic surgery and stuff like hydroxyzine is so popular amongst Black women in particular, because we're told it's our fault if we don't look right. None of that stuff is controlled by the FDA. So you're literally taking whatever. And a lot of that stuff can give you heart palpitations, anxiety. um, And not that the FDA is credible anyways. What was that pill? There was a pill that was super popular. Lipozine. Lipozine. Thank you. Uh, Lipozine was causing gastrointestinal distress and kidney failure. I was taking it for some a period of time. I'm glad you stopped taking that shit because it is, and Dad was taking it at one point as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is called it. The way that it worked was essentially it shoved a bunch of non-FDA approved fiber into your stomach, which at this point I'm pretty sure was sawdust. Oh. Um, and you would take that pill; it would fill your stomach with all this stuff, so you would feel full. But that stuff was not compatible with your gastrointestinal system which is why a lot of people reported violent diarrhea mm-hmm. and gastrointestinal distress after taking these pills. Um, but they were, they were just so desperate because it was a pill that was designed for, for weight loss for, for patients that needed extreme weight loss. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was marketed to those who are desperate for a solution. And that solution nearly killed quite a few people. Right, but, but now actually, if you... Um, I've been following this. They actually have come up and done research. Scientists have been coming up and doing research on an actual weight loss supplement that's supposed to be helping people lose weight gradually over time by correcting the, um, it's not like correcting your DNA, but it's supposed to be correcting the things that are going wrong in your system that are causing you to um, gain weight and hold on to weight and retain weight the way that you're not supposed to. So, so they're trying to prove that weight gain is not a it, it it's not a superficial thing. It's a genetic thing that can be passed down and heightened as it continually gets passed down and is a chemical like like it's an actual condition like obesity is PCOS or, you know, acanthosis nigricans. And that's how they're trying to argue it now. I mean, I mean, it sounds good, but it also kind of sounds too good to be true. Mm-hmm. I feel I like, so, as Cindy knows this, I am so skeptical, skeptical, wow. Skeptical of dietary supplements because it is non-FDA approved, even though FDA is useless and we don't know what's in that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I mean, at the bare minimum, the FDA tells people what they're allowed to claim on mm-hmm. things. Um, and even though the FDA doesn't do its own studies, it at least has to review studies from other people. So I feel like the fact that anybody could literally put something together in a bottle and say and claim that it does anything and there's nobody mm-hmm. checking to make sure that that shit works. Um, and so you're putting yourself at risk for like a heart attack or a stroke for the sake of looking good. And if you think about how well-educated people of color are, Black people particularly, are on weight loss and healthy lifestyles to lose weight, 
it's easier to just go get the pill in the store. If you're wondering the aisles of the store, you see a commercial on TV that says like, hey, you'll lose weight if you take this magic pill. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of us don't, aren't educated on physical, extra, uh, what is it, PE, whatever. I'm working out, shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us are not educated on working out and like eating healthy. And so we'll go to the thing that tells us this is how you lose weight. A lot of people will take hydroxycut and be like, yeah, it stops me, stops me from being hungry. So I just had a popsicle for lunch, girl. Not healthy. Oh. Not good for you. Not oh my for you. God. I had a friend who got a weight loss surgery, um, went out of town, got a uh, weight, went out of the United States, got a weight loss surgery. She come home. I think she got a gastric bypass because um, her mom had gotten one out of town so they went out of town got the gastric bypass came back her and her mom both did and she would literally eat a hot wing mm -hmm. one wing oh my and god and she would be like yeah i'm so, i i can't eat another bite and but at the same time you could physically see how hard it was on her because her hair was thinning mm -hmm. like the, malnourished she, yeah right your body is just not accustomed to that and it's not healthy but it shows the lengths that people are willing to go just to adhere to those body standards as we will revisit this topic and get even darker with body dysmorphia right yeah. and that is a wrap on this episode of the cage bird chronicles podcast thank you so much for listening Links to everything we've discussed in this episode are in the show notes. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Cage Bird Pod. Subscribe to our Patreon and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can expect our podcast to be released weekly for your enjoyment. Bye. Peace out. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye.